are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course, where they are now. So how is everybody doing today? I hope everybody's having a great, great Thursday. Specifically, if you're listening to this from Guelph or nearby regions, even from the GTA or wherever you are in southern Ontario, you probably know how beautiful the weather is outside. We actually had, I should say, the first official snow of the year. So, yeah, a lot of people got excited and a lot of people didn't. Uh, If you don't use a car or don't bus and just walk to your um, uh, uh, desired destinations, then I would say it's a bit hard. Like personally for me this morning, when I went to go to the gym uh, before my classes, man, it was a struggle because I kept slipping. I wasn't at all ready for the slippery sidewalks. Well, at least in the morning and now it's a little bit better. But, you know, all in all, we should all be grateful because it's it's just beautiful and just reminds you that the holidays are just around the corner and specifically about the holidays and you know what we the combat sports fans really really care about is that with holidays with December actually end of November and beginning of December you already know what that means man it means we have so many great fight cards coming your way specifically those end of the year fight cards are you kidding me Man, we're, oh my God. Okay, so don't get me started, first of all, but it it has already started. It has begun, so I might as well just talk about it. So we have Anthony Joshua, the former heavyweight boxing champion, who's going to be potentially making a comeback uh, in the beginning of December. So that's like the biggest um, uh, heavyweight boxing fight that I can possibly think of right now at this moment. And it's actually honestly coming up in a matter of a few weeks so like I said, Anthony Joshua will be coming back against the current heavyweight champion at the WBA, WBO, IBF, and IBO um, uh, organizations. So the current champion, Andy Ruiz Jr., he's going to be defending his title against the former heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua. And honestly, like I hadn't been thinking about this fight for a long time, but now that I started reminiscing about the holidays and stuff, and I just... Hey, December is almost around the corner. Like that fight is also coming up because I do know for a fact that that fight is happening in the beginning of December. Although, and you're probably saying, well, Janan, like you should probably know this, like the the schedule, the scheduling, excuse me, of this fight for sure because this is a very important fight and it has major implications. So. Listen, if you do call yourself a commentator, you should probably know for a fact if this fight is happening or not. And let me tell you this, the main reason why I hesitated a little bit as to confirming if this fight was actually happening in the beginning of December or not is because um, I'm not trying to put a blame on the promoters of this fight per se, but this fight hasn't actually been marketed a lot. Although it's less than a month away, nobody just talks about it and it really does bother me and uh, 
makes me think if if it's more um, uh, trendy and uh, and more favorable in other countries other than the, the the U.S. or say Canada, because Anthony Joshua himself, he is of course from the U.K. and uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. Yes, he is American, but he's uh, like he does identify as Mexican. So I'm not really sure why this fight, like I said, has it's it's not as publicized as you would think it would be as a big heavyweight championship fight. And yes, it does make me think a little bit. So hopefully in the next next few days or the at least a couple of weeks, uh, we do see some marketing happen for this fight. And I feel like a lot of the hype died down after the fight, uh, the fight was first announced. And then nothing really happened afterwards. So we don't really see either of these guys in training camp or trying to promote their fights themselves. So I'm like, hmm, what is really happening? But listen, I'm, I know for a fact that it is happening. Just because it hasn't been promoted enough doesn't mean that it's not as exciting or that it's not going to be happening at all because it actually is. And uh, yes, yeah, so by saying that, please do mark your calendars for the beginning of December. We're going to be seeing Andy Ruiz Jr. defending his heavyweight championship belts against the former heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua. So that was one of the biggest fights, I would say, that we have ahead of us, at least for boxing. And I do know that the other heavyweight boxer, um, uh, actually champion, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder, who's also supposed to be fighting um, uh, Luis Ortiz, the top contender, also in the heavyweight division. So that fight is also happening. So we have a lot of um, heavyweight goodness coming your way in the um, upcoming few weeks. But other than that, uh, talking about the world of mixed martial arts, yes, of course, we're going to have a few uh, pay-per-view cards again happening towards the end of this year. And also talking about some non-mainstream uh, MMA organizations. I believe that hmm, it's either... Not really sure if it's happened. Oh yes, okay. So here's here's the deal. So Bellator is having an event in Japan, and it's going to be featuring a lot of um, uh, former MMA veterans, including guys like Rampage Jackson and Jeez, uh, Vanderlei Silva. Yes, of course. How could I possibly forget? But yes, that fight. I think it's like a New Year's Eve fight. So make sure you keep an eye out for that as well. But that's, that's, listen, that's just touching the surface. We have so many great fight cards coming your way for these upcoming weeks. And again, I just wanted to make you guys hyped up about it. And I don't even know how I got into this like segment of the, of the show, but at least you now know. Anyway, so a lot has taken place over this past weekend. Like I did say, like we talked about in our previous episode, which was actually greatly received by our fans all across the world. So shout out to TKO Nation, who wherever you are, whatever country you are in, and you, man, when you listen to TKO from all these different countries, I'm just... I almost burst into tears because it means a lot. Your support means so much to us. And you already know if it weren't because of your love and support, we wouldn't be here right now. So shout out to all of you guys out there. TKO Nation, literally, it's like TKO Global, I should call it. Because people listen to our previous episode from all across the world. And 
it was just mind blowing. I hadn't seen anything like it before and it was just beautiful to see. So shout out to everybody who gave our previous episode and listen, it, it was truly, truly appreciated. And honestly, when I listened back on that episode, I I realized that I was really, really hyped for all the fights that I broke down. And my hypeness was actually pretty much justified because if you did catch up with UFC 244 in Madison Square Garden in New York, you probably know what I'm talking about because like I said in our previous episode, it was stacked with so many talented fighters and so many great overall like taken from the preliminary card all the way to the main event of the evening for the main card of course it was just beautiful it was awesome it was filled with entertainment and I honestly like I usually dose off every now and then when the fights are happening a little bit late but this time around I was fully alert I was fully awake because I wanted to see what was going to happen next I couldn't even blink at times because it was just the fights were just so exciting so man so many things happen like starting from the weigh-in day of UFC 244 because yes in social media we kind of suspected that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was somehow going to be involved with this whole fight between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz for the BMF belt but we didn't know how exactly like how deep the whole situation was going to be and social media The Rock was saying how he kind of fantasized about putting the belt around the waist of the winner of this fight between Masvidal and Nate Diaz but we're like okay you know people like the fans say a lot of things and and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, regardless of how famous he is, like he he's also a fan of the sport, so he can say whatever he wants. Like, sure, you're you're free to express yourself however you want. But little did we know that no, Dwayne Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he has so much influence in every single industry that he got into he got in touch with Dana White, the president of the UFC, and he actually like got on stage on the on the weigh-in day. First of all, he promoted this new movie that he was going to make about this um, former fighter. And um, that so that was his main announcement. But he also, he had the BMF belt on his shoulder all the time. So when it came to the ceremonial weigh-ins, so this is when after the fighters have actually weighed in like the morning of and in the afternoon they just go in to to put on a show for the fans and to just do that final face-off with their opponent. So in the ceremonial weigh-ins, the Dwayne the Rock Johnson just walks on stage with the BMF belt on his shoulder as if he is now the new CEO of the UFC. That's just how confident he looked with that belt on his shoulder. I was just looking at my TV. I was like, what is happening right now? Because it feels like we're having this crossover moment from the WWE with the UFC. And it's just like, it's, uh, I mean, I don't mean to say that the WWE is always fake like of course their their moves and their choreography is uh, pre-scheduled and everything is pre-planned but the fact that we had Dwayne The Rock Johnson on stage for for UFC event for the biggest fight of the year it was just so surreal anyway so he walks on stage and then Masvidal walks up he weighs in and then he goes to the corner and then Nate Diaz comes in he also weighs in and he tries to face off with Jorge Masvidal and Dwayne The Rock Johnson he's standing between these two guys with the belt on his shoulder and he just he has his like 
a really weird uh, facial expression on his face as if he's just like so nervous that the two are gonna jump at it and just start fighting each other right there at the weigh-in day and Dwayne the Rock Johnson he's just there he wants to possibly even uh, uh, separate the people if they do get their hands on each other and it was just really tense but at the same time so exciting so that's how everything started initially. So we're like, we we as the fans, we see this amazing way in. And we're like, wow, you already know it's going to be one hell of a fight tomorrow night on Saturday night. And it surely was. So I really do want to briefly reminisce about this whole Nate Diaz and um, Jorge Masvidal fight. So you guys all saw what happened. Um, the both, both fighters came in looking actually a bit uncertain which was a bit strange because in the press conference and all and everything else like all the media duties and everything they were constantly trash talking each other and now here they were actually walking into the octagon and they looked a bit like they were kind of scared which they should have been I would have been surprised if any of those guys just came in pretending that they were gonna Oh, just whoop their opponent right away and finish them in, in a matter of a blink. Like, that was definitely not going to be the case. And uh, they surely did treat it as a serious fight because it actually was a serious fight. So I really did appreciate that. But uh, to be honest, with both of these guys, because we're so used to seeing them being so confident and bold and courageous out there in the in the press conferences and everything else. But here they were, they were actually looking pretty serious and you know, having that, I guess, normal and natural anxiety that you would have, obviously, before a fight, an MMA fight. Anyway, so the fight started, and uh, it was pretty interesting because I was expecting Nate Diaz to come forward with more volume of shots because that's how Nate Diaz usually fights. He's not necessarily the most powerful fighter, but he tries to make up for that lack of power, per se, by throwing a great volume of shots towards his opponents. And like I said before, because he's usually the much taller guy in uh, most of his bouts he can actually use that long range between him and his opponent and uh, have a long distance between um, him and his opponent and so therefore throw his shots from the outside so that when his opponent wants to throw a counter strike it wouldn't be as effective because he is the one who's controlling this distance between himself and his opponent See, this is all what everybody was expecting from Nick Diaz, yet he didn't actually do any of that, which was quite surprising. But later on, we did realize why that was the case. Nick Diaz actually explained why he was um, fighting the way he was. Uh, but for now, um, obviously, Jorge Masvidal saw these openings and he started charging forward and he was uh, laying his hands on um, Nate Diaz a lot, which was pretty interesting because we did expect that this was going to happen, but not that early on in the fight. But it, it was happening and it kept happening constantly. And so we all know how Nate Diaz is when he, even if he gets like flickered with a finger he starts bleeding and that's exactly what happened in this fight because Jorge Masvidal was going all out and of course Nate Diaz was absorbing those shots and Nate Diaz's face actually got busted open especially his eyebrow I believe it was his yes it was his right eyebrow and if you do remember Nate Diaz's fights from uh, past times 
This is a very vulnerable location on his on his face, like right above his eyebrows. It's a place that really usually does tend to open up when a shot is thrown towards his face, which is quite interesting. And we we kind of don't have an idea as to how he can work on this to make it heal a little bit better so that it, it's not as prone to being cut open as you know that early in the fight. But regardless, that was the case and it, it still happened. There was this huge cut on his eyebrow and of course it was bleeding a lot. And um, one thing about Nate Diaz is that, uh, and the commentators also pointed this out, Nate Diaz has a lot of scar tissue on his face. And so, like I said, if anything does happen uh, towards, uh, towards his uh, uh, orbital bones or around that area, it will definitely cut open. So that was the case. It was bleeding a lot. And uh, so Jorge Masvidal was having a lot of success because he also kept targeting that area that was still cut open. He had no mercy. But um, in that case, I mean, I would have probably done the same thing because it's a matter of you either do it or you lose this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. When the opening is there, you have to keep going for it. And I know, like, uh, with regards to sportsmanship, you should probably, like, not really do it and try to target other areas. But if I were in Jorge Masvidal's shoes, too, I would probably do the same thing. And um, that's exactly what he did. So I think three rounds still go on like that. And what happened after was that the bell went off, the fighters went to their corners, and then the doctor, the ringside doctor came in and he saw Nate Diaz's eye. He asked him if he could still continue and Nate Diaz said, yes, of course, because that's the type of brawler that he is. Yet the doctor went to the referee and said that he needs to stop this fight and that's what the referee did. Now, you guys probably know this was a very, very controversial decision, yet it, it is what it is, and it was the final um, um, consensus, and it finally did happen, so they declared Jorge Masvidal the winner through a TKO. And that was pretty interesting because a lot of people were arguing that, no, you know, if Nate Diaz had, had the opportunity to make that comeback in the fourth and the fifth round... He could have easily won that fight against Masvidal. And a lot of people also say that, no, Masvidal was dominant enough in those uh, first three rounds that he didn't even need to, um, you know, have those two last rounds to further do show his domination or let Nate Diaz come forward and present him with a few challenges of himself. So a lot of people said different things. But regardless, like I said, the final consensus was that uh, Jorge Masvidal was the winner through TKO, through the doctor's stoppage. And actually, interestingly enough, when Dana White, the president of the UFC, was asked if this fight was going to be run back again for a rematch, he actually said no. He declined it because he was amongst one of, uh, one of those people who truly believed that the fight was just really dominant by um, Jorge Masvidal and that Nate Diaz was already losing, so there's no point. Like, it wasn't a very close fight, so there's no point in running it back again. Mm, and I know I told you guys previously that Jorge Masvidal is one of my all-time favorite fighters, and not just in the UFC, but ever, like, in the whole um, uh, MMA history. So uh, I'm not trying to be biased and say that this is what I also thought, which it really is. But anyway, um, I'm trying to keep an objective viewpoint here and say that 
sure, if we did have a rematch, then it will also be interesting. And like I said before, the reason why Nate Diaz wasn't performing as well was because he said it in the press conference after the fight. He said that he had sustained a knee injury prior to the fight, so he couldn't really go out and um, run for long distances to, to improve his endurance and cardio. So this is the main reason why he wasn't feeling like his usual self and uh, wasn't performing as well when it came to uh, like his overall performance and specifically for that endurance aspect of things because I'm sure a lot of you know that Nate Diaz alongside with his brother Nick Diaz they go on um, to do triathlons together and that's how good their their um, conditioning usually is their cardio conditioning usually is and that's what's something that that has always been distinguishing about the Diaz brothers is their endurance and the fact that they never get tired. However, in this current fight, it was just a bit weird that that wasn't the case. It wasn't like the usual. And um, again, listen, it's things do happen. Injuries do happen. And again, it, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's just part of the sport. And um, regardless, I st- still really did enjoy the fight. I'm not... Um, kind of bummed out like of course I am a little bit but I'm not too bummed out about the fight being stopped by a doctor stoppage because I'm sure we all got to see enough of the fight for the 15 minutes that it, it had gone on um, and we saw saw enough and it was entertaining enough so I'm actually pretty content about this whole situation and also another thing to point out is that Nate Diaz he came out on Twitter and he said that he, he so in the in the ring first when Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan the commentator he was interviewing Nate Diaz about the possibility of a rematch right within the ring he said that yes of course he's interested in a rematch but then later on a few days after he came out on on social media on Twitter saying that he was actually not interested in a rematch and that he wanted to say peace out to the fight game so potentially he is um, implying a retirement or like a temporary retirement because this is exactly what Nate Diaz said when he fought, when he won his first fight against um, uh, Conor McGregor, which you guys all remember again. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to take a few few um, uh, months or years, as a matter of fact, off. Because you can take all the time that he wants to fully recover and maybe even go back and work again on his conditioning and the way that he prepared for this fight specifically and also another thing that I heard was that the the athletic commission the New York State Athletic Commission suspended um, Nate Diaz medically because they really wanted to make sure that this cut that was um, um, sustained on his eyebrow was going to be fully healed before the next time that he um, is ever going to fight in the UFC ever again. But Nate Diaz himself has said that he wants to say peace out to the fire world. So as for now, we're not really sure what's going to happen. But it's just so early to decide whether or not he wants to keep uh, keep fighting for uh, for the future. Because it's just so early and he, he just fought like a few days ago. So it totally makes sense why he wants to take a quick break and hopefully come back again in the future. But regardless, man, that whole fight was just so good. And like I said, I was very, very content with the whole, with every, every fight's outcome. And it wasn't like 
something something bad happened or like a really really controversial thing happened and people were bummed out because I was overall overall I was really happy with the outcomes and just the way the whole fight card uh, was um, um, conducted so shout out to the UFC for putting on this great fight card anyway so uh, this upcoming weekend, I did realize how, how long I did talk about that. But man, you know me, if I start talking, it's so hard to shut me up. But uh, this upcoming weekend, we're actually going over to Russia. Not me, but the UFC. I wish, but uh, I can't. School is happening, that's why. Anyway, uh, the UFC is going over to Russia. And the main event of the evening, guess who's going to be fighting in Russia? Of course, it's going to be... The UFC um, up-and-coming talents, uh, the the prospects, the beats Megomed Cherpov. Um, he has a very strong background in kung fu, and um, he just—I don't know—you don't really know anybody else like the beat in the UFC right now who moves as lightly as him and yet delivers his shots uh, with very quick speed and also his power is just good for the for the um uh, amount of volume that he throws it's like i don't i don't know how to describe it but like you know when you make food and you just you add your spices at just the right amount and i know this is like a really bad analogy but this is how i would describe the beat of magomed sharapov's style in MMA because he has a little bit of everything and it's not like something is overpowering something else in his style I feel like he has a little bit of everything and so because of that I, I just overall feel like he's a very very well-rounded mixed martial artist so yes the beat is going to be fighting for the main event of UFC fight night in Russia and because this is happening in Russia uh, this uh, main card is actually going to be starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time zone so make sure you guys actually um, make a note of that because yes usually we do have fights happening overnight but now it's happening in the afternoon so yeah make sure you do not miss it and uh, also for the co-main event we're going to be having Alexander Volkov Russia's very own Alexander Volkov fighting off against the former NFL player and now UFC heavyweight contender Greg Hardy so this is also going to be one great fight to watch um, specifically because both of these guys are just so deadly like specifically for Alexander Volkov I know he has a very strong background in kickboxing and Greg Hardy too he's the type of guy that if the shot is thrown towards you and is absorbed at the right angle and at the right time then you're definitely going down cold to the canvas that's just the type of fighter that Greg Hardy is but overall, this fight is going to be really interesting. And I was personally really shocked to see Greg Hardy fight on this particular fight card. Because you guys remember um, how how um, how recently Greg Hardy fought. And the reason why I feel like they're having this fight back is because Greg Hardy in the previous fight that he had, he was using... I mean, I wanted to say allegedly, but no, it was actually caught on camera. He was using he was using a inhaler in between the rounds to do whatever function that he wanted the inhaler to do. 
he did mention that USADA uh, had approved the drug that was in the inhaler, but the Athletic Commission at the time um, actually objected and said that he was not allowed to use an inhaler whatsoever in, in his fight. Like, there could have been water in the inhaler and he still couldn't have used it because it wasn't um, confirmed pr uh, previously with the Athletic Commission. So they really emphasized that it must have been brought forward to both the athletic commission um, in the state that he was fighting at the time and also to the United States Anti-Doping Agency. There were two different problems. So this time, hopefully, it doesn't bring out the inhaler or if he does, hopefully, it is approved by the Russian um, MMA um, commission. So... Regardless, I feel like this fight between Volkov and Greg Hardy are going to be uh, is going is going to be very very interesting, given that it is a heavyweight fight, and um, overall they're just both uh, very very exciting to watch. Anyways, so make sure you catch up with this whole UFC fight card in Russia. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And also, you can go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.